Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blog cast. This is episode 89 and thank you for listening. Um, I'm Emily, for those of you who may have just stumbled upon the blog cast. I don't know, is there like a stumble upon anymore? Do people, is that a thing people do? It's like, I don't know. Anyway, maybe there's like a randomizer on iTunes. Does such a thing exist? If it does, I feel like I, sh- I would enjoy it, but I don't think it does actually exist. There's probably very little, there's probably very few ways to just like come upon things anymore. Am I wrong about that? I don't know. Like in the library, you could just wander around and you'd be like, oh, that book looks interesting. And then you could read it. It's, I feel like it's hard to do such things on the internet. Uh, anyway, tangent. Um, it is Wednesday, April. I'm going to say it's the 18th. Um, I think it is, in fact, the 18th. And uh, usually I record on Mondays. Uh, today is Wednesday. Monday I was at a concert uh, by uh, Fatumata Diawara, who is from Mali, and she was amazing. So I'm recording today on Wednesday. Um, so this blog here is called Art as Service. It was a little... Well, I'd say a a lot of people really liked it. Uh, One friend of mine really did not like it and had some issues. Um, And I will be kind of blogging about those issues later. Um, But yeah, that was kind of a a funny, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, Who knew such things could be contentious? But they are. And I guess I knew that. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to read it to you. And you can let me know which side of that continuum you fall on. <laughs> the, the love it or hate it. <laughs> or, or, you know, or the whatever. <laughs> anyway, here is Art as Service. I considered his suggestion to play some open mics. I haven't done one of those in over a decade. And even though I hate them and had sworn off them, I thought, well, yes, those are a thing I could do. Maybe I should make myself go again. But then I thought, why? When I played open mics in the past, it was to try things out, to practice playing in front of an audience, to perform when I was hungry for applause. But after decades of performance experience, I am about as comfortable in front of an audience as I can expect to be, and I have no real need for applause. In the past, those kinds of performances were an opportunity to learn and a boost for my fledgling ego, neither of which I am particularly motivated by anymore. Now, I am motivated principally by service. I look for how and where I can best be of artistic service, what I can create that can make a difference for someone. In other words, I don't do things so much for myself, but for some usually imagined audience. I create theater that I imagine someone like me would want to see. I write books that I would want to read. I sing songs that I hope will be of help to people. I blog for the same reasons. I'm not saying it's an ego-free situation. My ego is perfectly healthy. But the decisions I make about what to do are more connected to serving some greater imaginative force than something I'm doing for myself. 
When you try to make a career in the arts over and over, you learn how to put yourself out there, how to sell yourself, how to market your best assets. The business of the arts is more like a car sale than a public service. And for some, that suits them just fine. They are happy to promote themselves and their work, no matter the cost. For most of the service-oriented artists I know, though, the focus on salesmanship is not only tremendously disappointing, it is also at odds to what brought them to art in the first place. I have learned all those marketing things. I've taken the workshops, read the books, and I get it, more or less. I understand how to shift my thinking to make marketing a way to share my work instead of selling a used car. Some days, I can actually take all of that on board and be as creative in marketing as I am in my work. But it never really does the job. Somehow my creative marketing ideas don't actually sell the thing I was meant to be selling, and despite all those workshops from organizations that claim to be serving the arts, nowhere have I learned how to be of service when producing. Every arts service organization teaches you institutional skills and marketing and grant writing, but no one will teach you how to be of artistic service. When I apply for grants, the applications ask me how many people we will serve, and genuinely, I have no idea. And due to the lack of visibility I have as an artist, the answer is usually not a very large number. And because grants and such have to have measurable outcomes, if you serve more people, you are more likely to get the funding. My not very large number numbers, due to a lack of visibility, are a pretty large barrier to actually serving any community, despite my drive and desire to do so. The thing that's tricky about being motivated by artistic service is that, for the most part, no one particularly needs what I have to offer. Or they don't know how what I have to offer might be of service. For example... I've been writing plays about women and power for decades. I've been putting women at the center of mythological stories for ages. I think this is entirely necessary if we want to change the world. Stories matter, and the stories that are the foundations of Western civilization are the foundations of the patriarchy. I'm convinced that shifting those stories is important work, that I'm doing my bit to change the world. But the world is not asking for such things. At least they haven't been so far. And now, if they are starting to, they are not asking for them from me. Am I really being of service if so few are seeing my work? That is the painful conundrum at the heart of almost every service-oriented artist that I know. Very often, the most service-oriented artists suffer more than those who have leaned into the salesmanship of artistic production. Many of my artistic kindred spirits have left the arts to work more directly in service. They became teachers and social workers, physical therapists and aid workers, which is great for those professions, but not so great for the arts. Losing our service-motivated artists to actual service is not good for the art itself. When art is full of salesmen instead of people who want to serve, it becomes emptier less rich in feeling and depth, more decadent, more shallow. 
This is related to my recent post about art versus entertainment. The preference of the culture is for louder, brasher, splashier work. That splashier work is easier to sell over the clamor of the car lot, where there are so many flashy things competing for your attention. Art that wants to serve, like almost all service professions in American culture, is radically undervalued. Almost all service-oriented professions are insufficiently valued and compensated. Teachers, nurses, social workers, nonprofit workers, care workers are some of the most underpaid people around. And artists with this bent toward service are similarly undervalued and undercompensated. But additionally, I think we, the service-oriented artists, are also overshadowed by our showier, flashier comrades. Most of the world sees no difference between me and a Broadway chorus boy, and maybe I'm fooling myself to think there is a difference between my lifelong commitment to serving art in the best ways I know how and an attractive young man who's learned some choreography. Maybe I just need to make myself get back out there and sing at open mics for a smattering of applause. Maybe singing a song or two to some other people waiting for their turn in the spotlight is the way forward. But I hope not. I don't think me doing something that I don't enjoy and would have to force myself to do in an environment that tends to be uncomfortable and loud and unpleasant for me serves anyone, really. I don't think it serves the art. And that is what I'm here to do. Art is service for me. And I choose what I do based on what I think serves art the best. There you have it. And if you are a Broadway chorus boy, I, I, I know you're not listening to this, number one. But if you are, then you are an, a very unusual Broadway chorus boy, and I appreciate your listening. Most Broadway chorus boys that I run into are not the type to listen to uh, an esoteric podcast about the arts. <laughs> no disrespect. Their skill is incredible. And they are incredible dancers, and congratulations to them for that. But artists, they tend to not be. And that is, well, that is what my commenter was upset about, and I'm sorry. But I will talk about it more in my next post. Um, yeah, and for those of you, I, I, there's a couple blogs that are not going to show up in the podcast because they're in the kind of rejection vein, which I, I don't tend to uh, blogcast about. Um, but uh, I, I was a semifinalist for the O'Neill, um, which is kind of a big deal. I think I may have mentioned it on the podcast, but I, I was not supposed to tell people. But since only like 20 people tops listen to the podcast, I figured it was probably okay. If I did. I don't know if I did, actually. Anyway, that was a nice thing um, for a few months before I got the rejection notice. A couple days ago, about a week ago. Um, so, yeah, but I'm still in the semifinals running for another opportunity. So cross your fingers for that. Um, yeah, so song. I, I was trying to figure out what song to put here. And I I looked up, I Googled, like, songs about service. And they're all, like, uh, basically all, they're all, like, religious songs. That's That's who's telling you what a song about service is. And that's... Not for me. So what I realized, though, is that I'd recorded a song um, a couple months ago that I never actually posted. So um, we're going to get go back in the vaults and pull out uh, an, an old 97 song called Designs on You, 
which I recorded when I was trying to decide whether to do Hover or Designs on You. And uh, I recorded both of them. And I, and I, and here, so here's Designs on You by the old 97s. Um, and I don't know if there's anything to tell you about this aside from, uh, yeah, nothing. I got, I got nothing I need to tell you about it. It's an old 97 song and you know, I love them. So here it is. Designs on you. Trying to do right by you all night, Annette You can go ahead and get married And this will be our secret thing I won't tell a soul except the people in the nightclub where I sing I don't want to get you all worked up except secretly I'd be lying if I said I didn't have designs on you I'd be lying if I said I didn't have designs on you Standing on the corner of 6th, where do I go? Parade's shut down, now the rain is running the show these people come from and how soon can they leave normally I'd be anywhere but I need to get some sleep though I do wish you'd come over though I'm warning you if you do I'd be lying if I said I didn't have designs on you I'd be lying if I said I didn't have designs on you And where do I get? Trying to do right by you all night and now. This would only be an experiment in things that could have been. You can go ahead and get married, and it'll probably never happen again. I don't mean to make you excited, except secretly I do. I'd be lying if I said I didn't have designs on you. I'd be lying if I said I didn't have designs on you. I'd be lying if I said I didn't have designs. 